What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Out of Water podcast. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing okay. So today it is the 14th of October 2020. How fast is this year going? I know we've been locked in the house for at least half of it, but it seems to be going quite quick. It's quite strange how quick it is going. But how has everybody been? How has your week been? Are you all right? Are you feeling? Are you feeling in yourself? Are you all right? Are you all right? I'm all right. If you're all right. If you're all right, then I'm all right. That's what it's all about. (laughs) But yeah, I hope everybody's good. I hope everybody is safe and I hope everybody is prepared for Christmas because let's be perfectly honest, it's right around the corner. It's a bit scary to think it because um, I think the whole lockdown's kind of spun everybody off into a bit of a crazy hoopla of confusion and um, it's quite spooky to think that Christmas is directly around that corner. Um, I'm never one to be overly prepared for these things, to be perfectly honest. I'm a typical man, as many people might say. Um, I kind of like leave things to the last minute. I was always that guy that was always going out there on the last payday, right before Christmas, and just kind of whipping around the place, trying to get everything sorted. But Christmas is to be enjoyed, although I assume it's going to be somewhat different this year, with um, all the rules and the hoopla that Bumbling Boris has put in place, but we'll see. Um, I don't mean to be rude, but it's going to be an interesting one when we're being told what to do by a guy that don't even know how to comb his hair. But there we go, that's enough politics on that note. But yeah, moving on, swiftly moving on, I hope everybody's doing good. And I just wanted to basically give a very quick, brief rundown on who I am and what this is all about. So if this is your first time listening to the Out of Water podcast, you may know me already from Frankie's Aquatics over on YouTube. That is my normally my familiar stage, but obviously I've I've kind of branched out and I've now started a podcast as well. Now, just to be perfectly clear, this podcast is not a replacement for the YouTube channel. Um, I actually came back to YouTube this week and I was must I must admit I was really anxious about being back, but I'll go into that in a moment. So what can you expect from the podcast? Um, it's not going to be exclusively tied into a topic. It's going to be a bit of fun, a bit of laughter, a good half an hour to an hour of us just having a really good time and laughing at things, poking fun at things, and it's going to be a little bit sweary. I won't lie to you, you might find the odd swear word, which obviously you wouldn't naturally find over on my YouTube channel. But this is just going to be my corner of the internet where I can kind of speak freely, speak about a whole host of different subjects and topics. Not going to be tied in exclusively to aquatics. We might talk about axolotls every now and again. We're going to have some special guests on that obviously specialise in axolotls as well. So there'll be plenty of axolotl talk. However, this podcast is not exclusively tied into any kind of subject. It's actually labelled as a, as a comedy the bit, it's just a bit of fun. We're all here to have a good laugh, if not laugh at each other a little bit too. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. But if you have come over from my YouTube, then do be expected to hear the odd swear word. Um, obviously, special guests from all different walks of life. So it's going to be a different kind of approach to what you're probably used to. But I hope you enjoy it nevertheless. And um, by all means, do let me have your feedback as always. Um, there's also, if you go and visit my podcast over on Anchor, so you can either download the app or you can visit the website. I think it's anchor.fm um, and you obviously find my podcast on there. If you go to my actual profile page, there is an option to leave a voice note. Now, I, I thoroughly urge you all to leave a question or a comment or anything nice and fruity in my inbox. You hit the record button. You can re-record it if you're not happy with it so you're not tied in. And just leave me a little message and you never know, you might just be featured on a future podcast. 
So if you haven't done so already, have a look at that. And um, yeah, it'd be nice to get some some of your comments onto the podcast itself. So yeah, it was my return back to YouTube this month, uh, this week after I think it's about a month and a half of being completely off the platform. Um, so yeah, I decided to take a little bit of a hiatus, had a bit of a break, uh, a much needed break at that, to be honest. I was quite sick during the time off. And then I had a family bereavement and then everything just kind of snowballed on top of me and I felt really, really swamped under. Um, I felt completely off track. It wasn't my kind of usual walk of a day. Um, so having extra time on my hands wasn't exactly a blessing that I had hoped. I hoped um, taking a bit of time off would give me time to obviously reflect, regather, come up with new fresh ideas for my YouTube, obviously continue working hard on the podcast um, and just come back a little bit refreshed like the Energizer Bunny. You know, that white little pink guy that never stops running everywhere. <laughs> I wanted to be a bit like that, but it had a bit of a reverse effect. Um, so I worked on a video over the past few weeks and actually released it this week on Monday. And um, I premiered it. Is it premiered? Premiered it. And um, which is basically like you, you post it at a certain time and you watch it along with your audience. And I don't know why, because I'm not normally an anxious person. Um, I'm fairly confident in life, but for some reason, about half an hour before it like kind of went live, I had this really horrible feeling that nobody was going to watch it. And I was like, I was like, in my head, I was going, Frankie, what happens if like literally nobody watches this? And I was like, I didn't think of that. <laughs> and I got really anxious about it and I don't know why, but this massive wave of anxiety kind of like overcame me. And I was like, oh God, do I take it off? Do I just not premiere it and just post it a little bit later? And I was literally like a flip of a coin of whether or not I should just take it off and kind of just upload it without the premiere. But I kind of went with the premiere and I'm glad I did. I had a quite a handful of great people come over and obviously watch the video with me and talk along in the chat box as well. And it was actually a really good experience. I really enjoyed it and it kind of made me realise how much it all means to me. I mean, I'm very grateful anyway for everything and all the support that people give me. But I think this just kind of solidified how lucky I actually am to have a platform with a great support of you guys kind of behind me and supporting the um, supporting the, what I'm doing, the channel, um, the podcast, whatever I do, you guys are always behind me. And um, actually, you're not behind me, you're beside me and you're making them, them big steps with me. And I'm so blessed and I'm so blooming grateful for that. Um, I know I say thank you a lot and I know I say how much you guys mean to me, but you guys really do. Like I said last week, Without you, I'd literally be a guy sat here talking to myself. So I'm really glad that you're here and I'm really glad that you're enjoying the journey. And thank you all so much for being part of it. You really do mean a lot to me. So this week, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Now, usually what I would do is I'd go to, I'd go online and I would basically bookmark a bunch of really stupid news headlines that didn't quite make it into the headlines. So um, loads of news stories that didn't quite make the cut. I'd kind of poke a little bit of fun at them, have a bit of a giggle, and we'd all have a bit of a chuckle together. However, I want to do something a little bit different, which I should hopefully give those of you who don't quite know me a little bit of a a little bit of a look through the looking glass of what I'm all about. So I've decided to have a bit of a Google at funny and stupid questions to ask in regards to what you'd ask people in a podcast, let's say. So we're going to jump straight into that this week, and we're going to have a little bit of a nosy at some of the funny questions. Obviously, I'm only going to pull out the best ones because it's quite a considerably long list. So I'm going to pull out the best ones, and I'm going to answer them as honest as I possibly can. So without further ado, let's take a little look at funny questions to ask. So the first question is, what's the best Wi-Fi name you've ever seen? 
Um, it was probably one that I set myself, actually. I used to have my home Wi-Fi set up as Mr. Cunty Chops, um, which sounds quite vulgar, but I don't know why I did it. Um, I just needed to rename it something so I could obviously identify it a little bit easier. And I just decided to label it Mr. Cunty Chops. Now, I never really had to connect to it ever again, because obviously once you've connected your device to it, away you go. Um, and you kind of forget that it's got its own little jingle, its own little name. And it wasn't until some time later um, when we were trying to connect something new to it. And um, yeah, that's when I remembered that it was called Mr. Cunty Chops, which i got to say, it made me laugh, gave me a bit of a giggle. Um, my wife wasn't overly impressed by the new name, but um, Mr. Cunty Chops would probably be the most... <laughs> Um, would probably be the, the funniest one I've ever seen. It's probably the best Wi-Fi name ever. If you can top that, let me know what you've called yours. But yeah, Mr. Cunty Chops was probably the best one I ever came up with. <laughs> okay, so what is something that everyone looks stupid doing? Oh, there's a few of these. There's a few. How how hard do I go on this question? So the first one is twerking. Twerking does not look good. Um... It's it's a move that should only be kept in the bedroom, in my honest opinion. Um, and it doesn't look very sexy. I'm going to be perfectly honest. It looks a bit crazy. It almost looks like you've run out of toilet roll and you're trying to dry yourself off. That's, <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. I mean, if you've got if you're blessed and you've got plenty of junk in the trunk, yeah, it, it's it's throws things about. It wobbles things quite considerably. But it looks like you've gone to the public toilet and then you've realised after you've dropped one. Um, that you've got no toilet roll to dry off with and you kind of go, oh, what am I going to do? I know what I'm going to do. Watch this. And they just kind of throw your backside around like it's a hot potato. Um, I've never quite understood twerking. I don't kind of know where it came from. Um, I don't kind of know how it became a fa a, a, um, a, a craze. I just, I don't, I'm, I'm so confused by it. It's one of those things that I think that people did and then latched onto it and then everybody assumed, oh, I think I think this will take off. I think men quite like this when a woman shakes her tickle tackle. Um, now, for those not for those who know me, <laughs> I make no secret about being a butt man. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. Let's be perfectly honest. But when you're shaking it around like you're trying to cool off a hot chip, it's, it kind of loses its sexiness to me. I'm all right. You don't need to shake it at me. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm already I'm already invested. You don't need to shake it at me like a Polaroid picture. Don't get it. I don't get the fascination with it. Um, I'd love to know if you've got some crazy backstory as to where twerking actually came from. And please don't say Miley Cyrus because that's horrific. Um, uh, the, oh, God, the memes you see online about the, oh, no, or the chicken butt. No. But if you've got a true, like, original story as to where twerking originally came from, um, please do let me know. Please educate me because I haven't got a Scooby-Doo. I assume it kind of came from dancing and rap music and stuff like that. I'm a big hip-hop fan myself. And I can remember in like the early 90s, mid-90s, there was a lot of shaking the tackle back then. But it wasn't labelled as twerking. So where did twerking come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? Cotton Eye Jack. I want to know. I want to know where it came from. Let me know. Let me know. If you know, if you're a secret twerker and you know the the uh, the origin of where twerking comes from, I need you to let me know. I don't want to see you twerking either. I just want to know the story. <laughs> and obviously the other thing is pouting. What's that? When did that become a thing? Pouting. Okay, so you, you've, got your, you've got your camera on selfie. You're going to have a little bit of a... 
a little bit of a um, a bit of a pouty pouty. Where did that come from? Where did Duckface come from? And who thought it was a good idea? Now, what worries me is uh, this is how I envision this coming about. I'm being probably completely sexist here, and I'm being completely unrationable. Um, but this is how I envision it. I envision it being like two women out together or a group of women out together and one woman goes oh selfie and then they all get together and then Sharon just decides to whack her lips out there like she's trying to call off a hot dog and then her other friend went what are you doing there Sharon oh, it's a new thing I, I tried it I liked it look watch this and then she does it and everyone's like oh, oh that's lovely that look oh look at your lips look so full they look so full and juicy let's all do it and then they all did it and then someone's seen them from another table doing it. And then they started doing it. It's like a disease and it all spread everywhere. And everyone thinks that 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 pouting is, is sexy. Now, listen, I can only speak for myself, but I'm fairly confident that I'm speaking for a lot of men as well. It don't look good. I'm sorry to tell you. If you've got naturally big lips, that's, that's all right. It looks nice. You've got full lips. Yeah, I get it. But pouting... It makes it look like you're trying to push out a poo. I'm only being honest with you. It makes it look like you're trying to push out a poo. It doesn't look good. Um, you look silly. And for anyone that tells you otherwise, they're bloody lying to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's awful. Stop parting. You don't need to part. You're born with a set of lips and they're perfectly fine, however they might be. Don't go out there and chuck filler in them. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do it. You look lovely. Trust me, you look lovely without it. And most certainly, most certainly, please stop pouting. For the love of God, there's going to be a time. Do you remember when you look back at old photos and you, you're like looking through family photos and you see photos of your mum or your nan, um, like mid-70s, early 80s, and they look like they're about 300 years old. They look like they're wearing the curtains. <laughs> they literally look like they've just gone, going out for the evening, mother, see you later, and then grab the neck curtains and wrap them around themselves and go, ta-da! They look so old and decrepit, don't they? Because I guess that was just kind of the fashion back then. You're going to look back on photos of you pouting when you're in your 80s now. And you're going to go, oh, it was, the, it, was, it was the thing in my day. We were all doing it. It looked lovely when we were all doing it. But it doesn't. Take it from me. It don't look lovely. You look stupid. There's nothing. I've never once looked at a woman pouting and thought, oh, look at those lips. Oh, I want to I wanna kiss those lips. It's never entered my head. I'm sorry to say it, ladies. It looks silly. And blokes, I see you doing it too. And before anyone goes, yeah, but you're on your Instagram, mate. If you scroll past your Instagram, I've seen a few pictures of you patting as well, mate. All I ask of you, read the descriptions. Every time you'll see me patting, I'm more than likely taking the piss out of somebody. Because, ladies, it doesn't look good. It looks like you're trying to push out a poo. <laughs> So the next one, what do you feel about putting pizza, uh, putting pineapple on a pizza? I think it's bloody genius. I love it. I absolutely love it. I've never quite got where it's become a problem. Um, I've always had pineapple on my pizza. And then all of a sudden, everyone goes, oh, you don't put pineapple on a pizza. Pineapple's a fruit. Well, I go, well, you shouldn't put prawn on a pizza. That's a sea creature. Belongs in the ocean. But you still do it. Um, I don't get it. I don't get why it became such an issue. I'm more miffed about prawns being on a pizza, to be honest. I don't think they quite go, but each to their own. Um, personally, I love it. What I like to do is I like to have pepperoni and pineapple. I call it completely myself. No one's given it this name. It's just me. I call it the Frankie Special. So I have two different types of cheeses. 
I have uh, spicy uh, pepperoni, the spicier the better, and then nice helpings of pineapple. And then basically what you're getting when you have that is you're having that lovely balance. So you're getting something quite hot and spicy, i.e. the pepperoni. And then you're having something nice and sweet, which balances it out, i.e. The, the pineapple. It's a really nice concoction. It really is. And for anybody that I've recommended it to that have actually gone away and tried it, they've all come back and said, you know what, that's actually really nice. It is really good. So if you are a little bit mm, about pineapple on your pizza, I do strongly suggest that you do try it with something. I think if you have it with the wrong sort of toppings, if you're having nothing but, let, let's say, for example, some people like chicken, um, chicken and... Um, Sweet corn, chicken and pineapple, I think somebody, one place used to do quite frequently. Now, for me, I don't think that would go. I don't think pineapple would go with those two other toppings, personally. Um, because, yeah, it just doesn't sound that appetising to me. Whereas, the reason I like pineapple on a pizza is because I like, I like the sweet, fresh kick that it gives you. And if you've put that on top of something spicy... Um, for me personally, it's just lovely. It is just everything. So yes, what do I think of pineapple on a pizza? I bloody well love it. That's what I think about it. What do you guys think? Let me know. So here's an interesting one. If animals could talk, which animal do you think would be the rudest? Um, do you mean, does this mean rude as in like just offensively rude or like rude as in like sexually rude? Because if we're going to talk about any, it's going to be the monkeys, isn't it? The monkeys are going to be the dirt mongers, aren't they? Because they're the ones that will literally just start whapping one off when you see them in the zoo. So you go to a zoo and then they're just there, whap, 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 polishing the old greaserooney over there. But uh, <laughs> sorry to be quite blunt about it, but it's true. Every time I've, I've gone to see the gibbons, they're always touching themselves. It's just, they look at you as well. It's not the fact that they're touching themselves. Look, I get it. They need the privacy. They don't get the privacy. They're in a zoo having literally hundreds of people each and every week staring at them. So um, when the urge overcomes them, it's not that it's the eye contact. Um, there's no worse than walking to a zoo and then having a gibbon or a chimpanzee, if you're really unlucky, just whapping one off, locked on with you, with your eyes, just staring at you, like dead in the eyes, like, yeah, I'm doing this. There's not a damn thing you can do about it, mate. I'd love to know. I wouldn't, because this is completely illegal. But what happens if you did it to them? If you, like, you just go to the zoo, drop your trousers, obviously behind the glasses, they'll tear you apart, and then you just started polishing the old dolphin and just stared at them. I wonder how they'd feel. I wonder if they'd feel a little bit socially awkward. I reckon they would. I reckon you might get some funny looks by the old chimperoonies behind the glass. I don't know. But uh, I'm not suggesting you should do that. That's pretty much guaranteed to get you arrested, and you're probably going to get all sorts of names attached to yourself, and they're not going to be good names either. No, there'll be dreadful names that you'll have to go on a register for to get rid of. So don't do it. I'm just saying, I wonder if they feel as awkward as we do if we did it to them. I reckon they would. Now, if we're talking about just outright offensive animals in in that regard to rudeness, from experience, I'd say bearded dragons. I think they give dirty looks off far too much. You can literally get up in the morning and Neville, our bearded dragon, will go, Ugh, human, put my light on. They're just so like, Ugh. they always look like they're looking down the nose at you. And Neville, in particular, doesn't like me. He's already, he's giving me daggers right now as I'm sat here talking. I can see him. And he's giving me the evils now. But, um, yeah, from experience and from my own little bubble, I'd have to say that chimpanzees being sexually rude and monkeys in particular being sexually rude. And if it was just rude as inoffensive, it would definitely be a beardy. I reckon Neville, I reckon Neville calls me all sorts of things in his head. I really do. <sighs> staring at me now what you're looking at i've not done anything <laughs> next question what's the best type of cheese any cheese that hasn't got green bits in it 
There we go. Straight up. Simple as that. Uh, I'm not very keen on that cheese. That For anyone that doesn't know me very well, I'm absolutely bonkers about cheese. I love it. Um, it's, it's one of my favourite things ever. I, just, I love it. I love it. I love the cheese. I love the cheese. It's beautiful. Um, I particularly love it at Christmas with crackers and grapes. Who doesn't like a bit of cheese, eh? But um, when it comes to what sorts of cheese I like, I like most. I do like a strong cheddar, um, but I don't like anything that's got mouldy bits in it. And I was absolutely devastated to, to find out as a kid, bearing in mind I'm not completely simple, um, when somebody told me to do that on purpose. Because I remember being somebody being put out at Christmas one year when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, granddad, the cheese has gone off. And he's laughing his head off he was. I went, no, look, it's all mouldy, look. That actual furry green mould on it. And he was like, it's meant to be like that. And I'm like, you what? He's like, yeah, they make it like that for flavour. And I was like, the dirty bastards. They make, they do that on purpose. They make it gamoldi on purpose for flavour. Well, whose sickening idea was that? I know what happened there. That weren't ever, when they very first did that, that didn't happen on purpose. They were like, oh, love, got some cheese in the cupboard. I'll go and get the cheese back in the old heyday. He gets the cheese out and he sees it's a bit crank. He's dried it out, it's gone a bit mouldy, and he's thought, oh shit, she's going to kill me. She is going to kill me. She's looking forward to a bit of cheese, and he's just decided to serve it. That's what he's done. It's for, you know what, I'm halfway in now, I'm invested. I've, I've buttered my bread, look, I've got my crackers ready, the grapes are brewing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve it, and he's served it on the hope that she won't notice. That's how it came about. And he's tried it, he's had a little bit of cheese, a little bit of the mouldy cheese, the dirty vermin, and he's actually quite enjoyed it. And that's what I think happened. And then from that day forth, he was like, oh, yes, I invented this mouldy cheese. And that's how the mouldy cheese come about. I mean, I don't get it. I don't get the flavour it brings. It's not a pleasant flavour. It's like, uh, no, it's it's not even just the flavour, you know, it's the texture. It tastes like it doesn't know if it wants to be a solid or a liquid. When you try that mouldy cheese, it's like, is this meant to be a cheese or is this meant to be like a yoghurt? Because it's got that horrible texture to it that I can't make sense of. I don't, it doesn't like it doesn't know its arse from its elbow. It's got that horrible, horrible texture to it. And for me personally, I'm not about that. I like the strength of I like the strength of the cheese, not the not the texture. The texture's enough to put you off, to be perfectly honest. And I've also noticed as of late that Baby Bell, that E down cheese, that's gone really weak as well. They used to be really strong when I was a kid. But it seems that they're making them a little bit more family friendly now. They're not quite maturing them as long and they're not very nice they're not they're not the worst but they're not nearly as nice as they were when i was a kid but that's just kind of personal observation anyway i'm gonna shut up about cheese now swiftly moving on oh this is an interesting one which body part do you wish you could detach and why um i'm gonna be rude here probably me willy i'd like to take that off on occasion and just leave it at home to be honest um, why? I've got to answer why. <laughs> I should just leave it at that. I wish you could take me willy off and leave it on the fireplace while I go out on an evening. <laughs> uh, probably my winky. And the reason I'd like to remove it is it wakes up before me. Um, I don't mean to be overly graphic or rude there, but it's true. Um, I wake up in the morning feeling fine and it's there. And it normally indicates that I need to go for a wee. I don't just wake up sexually charged like a raging bull. Um, it just basically wakes up before I do, and it, it it doesn't hesitate to wake me up either. Like if I need to go for a pee in the night, my winky will be like, "Hey, 
you and it just wakes up before I do and starts shouting at me in my head, obviously. Um, but yeah, I probably me winky for that matter and that matter alone. Uncontrolled when you're younger, um, uh, I don't know how women's kind of hormones and um sexual desires play out, but when you're younger and um you're reaching like adolescent age, like teenage age, and erections become a thing, they're very hard to control. Um, I'm not going to lie, they're very difficult to kind of get in control um, to the point where if I can't, I can't, I don't even want to be too rude about this, but if you get, say, let's say you see someone you like and you're a 14 year old kid and you think, oh, she's beautiful, she is. And then she just talks to you. Nothing sexual. She just talks to you. Your little twisted 13, 14 year old brain can go, oh, she wants a bit of the willy tree does. And it instantly stands up. And you've got no control over that. And it just does its thing. It's like, well, here we are. That's it. I've got my gloves on. That sounds terrible. But I've got my gloves on. Here I am. I'm ready for some action. And you're sat there in your head going, no, just, just behave. And you're trying to like get it under control. But your winky is like, well, I'm here now. I've shown up. <laughs> I didn't even come out. Now I'm out. It's just like, it's there, isn't it? It's committed. It's ready. It's ready for, it's ready for the rounds ahead. When the truth be told, there's no rounds to be had. So, um, yeah, it's difficult for a bloke, especially an adolescent boy, it's very difficult to come to terms with this once piece of meat that would just sit there and we now seems to have its own little agenda, its own little hidden agenda, and you can't really control it. So for all men and teenagers around the world, if I could remove any body parts and why, it would be my willy so I could be more in control of it in them years that I wasn't. But yeah, I'll, I'll let that sink in with you. I'll let you think about my... Well, that sounds terrible. I'll, I'll let you think about my willy, I will. Um, but no, it's true. It's, it would be that. I think it would be exactly for that reason. So um, it wakes me up. It wakes up before I do. Um, and in the younger years, it was quite problematic, shall we say. And now we're going to swiftly move on. And I'm going to put this shovel down before I make a right willy of myself. So swiftly moving on. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing a guest has done at your house? Uh, oh, I've got to be really careful here because I don't want to put the guest on blast. Um, probably got really drunk and fell asleep naked on my sofa. That was quite weird. Yeah, I can't really give the details. So I don't want to put the person out there who because the person if the person ever listens to this by any random chance, they'll know straight away I'm on about them. But well, I won't make, I won't use any names. But once upon a time, I used to work at ASDA. Uh, the lovely supermarket that the um, over in America, I believe it's called a Walmart. Uh, over here, it's called Asda. And I used to work nights there. And this one particular time, I came back after working my night shift, and my wife was like, "Please don't go in the front room. Please don't go in the front room." And I'm like, "Why?" And just like, I had a few friends round, and one of them's got particularly drunk, and we went out, um, and she's basically stripped off asleep on the sofa. And I was just like, what? I had to go in because I needed to go to the toilet. And I needed, I've needed. i always had a bit of a routine where I had to get a coffee as well. And I was just like, look, just just cover them over. I want I want to go. I want to I want to get in my house. And lo and behold, I walked in and this particular um, lady was sprawled out on my sofa. Um, and yeah, it was it was quite the sight. It was something I'd, I hadn't seen very often. And thankfully, I'd never seen again. So, yeah, to answer your question. Um, what's the weirdest thing or what was the actual question what's what was it let me have a quick look so the question was what's the weirdest thing a guest has done at your house yeah it would be that get drunk and fall asleep naked and my question is did she fall asleep naked 
or did she get naked and then fall asleep? That's my question. Was she already in the nude or did she do that thing where when you're asleep, you wake up and wipe your clothes off? I don't know. And I guess we'll never know because I don't speak to this particular person um, that much anymore. But yeah, I'm quite intrigued. I might have to ask them that one time though, just out of complete curiosity. So swiftly moving on, what would be the absolute worst name you could give your child? I am not falling for that. If I say some sort of name that I'm not very keen on or not very familiar with, no doubt that particular person is going to listen into this podcast. I ain't falling for that. And when your name's Francis, you haven't got any room to poke a stick at, really, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I don't mind being called Francis. I never use the title Francis. It's always Fran or Frankie. Um, I much prefer Frankie, to be perfectly honest. Because Fran's too, too, it's one syllable, isn't it? You can mistake it for anything. Someone can sneeze and go, Fran! And you say, whoa, is that someone saying my name? No, mate, I'm just sneezing. Oh, okay. Uh, someone yawns, oh, say my name. No, I'm, I'm yawning. See, it's one syllable, isn't it? It's not very easy to get away with. But uh, Frankie is two syllables, so you hear it more. Someone goes, hey, Frankie. You know, you're talking about you. Where it's Fran, it's a, eh. It's a noise, isn't it? It's not even a word. Eh, eh. It just all sounds one syllable. You're screwed, aren't you? You're screwed. You need at least two syllables in your name. Anyway, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play that game of what's the worst name you could name a child or anything like that. What I will say though is I must say was it Gwyneth Paltrow and um, Chris? Is it Chris from Coldplay? Her husband. I'm pretty sure they named their kid Apple. Was it them? I'm pretty sure it was. And I must say at the time I was like, my God, that's a really strange name. I don't think I'd ever get used to that. Um, but do you know what? It's actually quite a cute name. I quite like it now. But um, that that was probably one that kind of threw me the most. But then you've got Kanye West and uh, Kim Kardashian. Name they've got some funky names. Going on. Is it? Have they got what is it? Southwest or something? Some some crazy like that. And I think you need to be very you need to be very careful when it comes to names because. Um, they stick, don't they? And you, it's your name, for Christ's sake. And you go to school and you can get really heavily picked on for having a really dodgy name. Um, I mean, I've got Irish heritage. My mother and granddad were Northern Irelanders and they were broad Irish accents that lived in the UK. So the name Frankie and Francis and all that weren't unfamiliar over in Ireland. But in the UK, they weren't really that popular either. Um... And it is a girl's name, let's be honest. I mean, it's spelled differently, but it's pronounced exactly the same. You don't go, Francis or Francis. It's the same name. It's not pronounced any different for a male or a female. Um, so it is very feminine. But um, I don't mind it because I'm named after my granddad. So that's why I don't mind it. But I do prefer Frankie. I won't lie. Um, the one syllable friend just doesn't seem to work for me anymore. <laughs> Okay, what would be the creepiest thing you could say to a stranger when passing them on the street? Um, tell them to smell nice. That'd freak them out. A lot of people don't like that, you know. Because I, I, if my wife wears something new in regards to a fragrance, I pick up on it like straight away. And I'll always compliment it. I'll be like, oh, that, you smell nice. What's that you're wearing? Um, and I always compliment them. I'm pretty quick to notice new smells and stuff like that. But... Um, in friend circles, not with blokes, blokes never do it. You don't get a bloke going, all right, Bill, fucking hell, mate, you smell nice, what are you wearing? It doesn't happen. Never happens. Um, it's a bit like when you, it's, it's completely stolen from a, from a stand-up comedy show. Um, it's like when your wife says, say hello to so-and-so for me when you're going out with your mates. Oh, say hello to Nick for me. Say hello to him for me, won't you? We don't say, we don't say hello for you. We just don't. 
Um, but it's a bit like we don't we don't compliment uh, how each other's looks and how we smell and or we don't do any of that. It's just not the bloke thing to do. But on the odd occasion where a female that a female <laughs> has been within the circle that I'm kicking about in has actually smelled quite nice and I pay that compliment, um, they don't quite know how to act to it. Now, I assume that we all wear uh, deodorants and fragrances and all the rest of it. We all wear them to smell nice. And we hope that people notice that we actually smell nice. But people, some people really struggle when you actually compliment that. So I can't, I can't think of a mass amount of detail of um, kind of examples of this. But on the few occasions that I have gone, oh, by the way, so-and-so, you actually smell nice. I like what, I like what you're wearing. It's almost like you've gone to them, oh, I like the colour of your toenails. Can I lick them? It's, it's, it, they act like you've said something really untoward. They're like, oh, oh, oh thanks. Uh, uh, thank you. It's like they don't know how to take that compliment. Now, I don't know that's the same with, with women within women's circles. I can only assume not. I can only assume if one of your female friends goes to another female, i.e. yourself or whatever. Oh, you smell nice, so-and-so. What's that you're wearing? I can only assume there's an instant quick re response to that. Um, but if a male in particular compliments how a female smells, or at least from my own experience, it's a little bit strange on what kind of response you're meant to give back. And if you do get a good response, it's really awkward what we say back after that. Like, oh, by the way, you, what's that you're wearing? You smell lovely, you do. I like that. It's very nice. Oh, thank you very much. It's so-and-so and so-and-so. What do we say back? Ah, smashing. I don't really know what we say or what we're supposed to say. But yeah, so to answer the question, what what would freak a stranger out on the street? Um, what would be the creepiest thing we could say to a stranger when passing them in the street? Definitely compliment how to smell, but not in a nice way. Just like that. You smell nice. <laughs> and just leave it at that. That'd be pretty creepy. Let's be honest. That'd be pretty creepy. <laughs> So we're just going to pull a few more questions out here before we kind of wrap up the podcast this week. Um, I had to kind of pull this one out of the hat because it is quite funny. So the question says, if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Now, I can only assume they'd think it would be one of two things. It would either be, more than likely be, me doing something when I'm drunk. Um, I've got a bit of a bad record of being a bit of a div when I've had a drink. Not a, not an aggressive... Um, illegal bloody criminal sort of drunk but i do silly things when i'm drunk um so i guess they'd probably think that um the last one i did was help myself to a donut from mcdonald's after a few beers that was the quite the story but i'll I'll leave that there because it's quite a story but although i did i did write me wrongs um i did go back and offer to pay the next day um and they actually find it quite funny but um yeah they'll probably assume it was something to do with alcohol alcohol infused or on the flip side of that they'd probably think i was looking out for somebody because I'm not the sort of person, if I was walking down the street and I noticed a guy getting jumped by three lads or a kid getting bullied by a, a big group of kids, I would not be able to not do anything. I'd have to jump in and defend. Um, I've done it numerous times. I remember when I was a kid, I was about 16 at the time, and I was coming through the city of where I live and there was a husband, well, I assume a husband and wife, but a considerably adult age couple were having this massive argument inside of this like bush shelter thing. And the bloke was like borderline ready to punch her. You could just tell he, I got the vibe from it as I was approaching um, that he was going to end up slapping her if he hadn't already. And I remember walking up and then I remember the woman like looking at me like help. I could just see it in her face. You know, when you pick up the vibe from somebody, I could just see she had tears in her eyes and he was he was quite drunk in comparison to her. And she was like looking at me like, fucking please help me sort of thing. So I said to her, is everything okay? 
And she was like about to say, uh, not really. And he jumped in with, what the fuck's it to do with you? And he got quite aggressive. And I was only a kid at the time. And he got quite aggressive with me. But I had to kind of defend the corner of the of the lady. And I kind of stood my ground. And we kind of had a little bit, not, not a fight. There was a little bit of argy-bargy between me and this bloke. And then he finally fucked off. Um, and then obviously I made sure the, the, the lady got into a taxi. Um, it's just the sort of guy that I am. I'm not the sort of guy to turn a blind eye to things. I have to, if I see them in front of me, I have to confront them. Um, because it's just the way I am. I'm not the sort of person that I'd walk past and reg I'd, I'd regret it. If I walk past somebody getting attacked or getting jumped or getting mugged or anything, and I turned a blind eye to that and went home, I'd never live that down in my own head. I'd always be like, you could have helped that. You could have really made a difference. You could have potentially stopped that. Um, and I'd never, ever get over that. It'd be with me forever. So I know sometimes it's stupid getting myself so involved with other people's problems. Um, but if it's in a public place and it's it's in a public area, you, be you best believe I'm probably going to jump in and defend it. Just the sort of... I was raised that way. I was raised that way by my grandparents, very much so. So it'd probably be either me getting drunk and doing something stupid, or it would be me jumping in to defend somebody, to be perfectly honest. Right, two more questions for the road then. So the next one, if somebody asked to be your apprentice and learn all the skills that you know, what would you teach them? Um, they would be literally a mirror carbon copy of Frankie's Aquatics. It would be, uh, that would be phenomenal. I kind of have that with my girls, to be honest. My girls are really helpful when it comes to looking after my axolotl. I learn them everything. I don't shine them away from anything. Um, I don't shine away from the horrible stuff, such as losses. Um, I don't shy them away from food preparation, uh, cleaning out poop, everything they, I, they're involved with. I, I, they see it day to day um, and they help out day to day. So I would be I would teach somebody all the skills that I know on how to best look after axolotls and ho hopefully um, really contribute to the community as well. That's what it's all about. It's not about being a selfish person and kind of keeping all the information to myself and kind of going <laughs> and cackling away to myself. It's about expressing yourself in the hobby and the things that you love doing. Um, so that'd be, that'd probably be very, 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 very reputable axolotl keepers, if nothing, if nothing more. Um, I, I'm very proud about the, my influence on the community. And I'm very proud of the community as a whole. We're a good, we're a good team. We're a good bunch, and um, I'd like to think that when my days are done, that hopefully I'll have imprinted enough onto my children for them to kind of take over that mantle. That's my hope, anyway. That took a really serious turn, that one, didn't it? Um, anyway, but yeah, I would like to think that if anybody learnt the skills that I know, they'll definitely know how to look after axolotl and hopefully have the same love and passion that I have for them, because axolotls for me are the greatest creatures on this world. And I think they deserve us to kind of treat them that way. Where was the most inappropriate place or most embarrassing place that you farted? Um, I don't recall anything like that, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at holding my own. <laughs> so if I need to fart and I'm out in a place where I shouldn't really be farting, I, I just won't fart. Um, I used to have a friend at school that would literally fart on cue, which was rotten. Is an absolute stink. Honestly, you could literally fart on demand. It was ridiculous. Well, I don't know. I probably, I remember needing to fart once on a school trip and run a coach. And it was, I was thinking, oh God, I need, I really need to fart, but I'm with all my mates. And then I thought to myself, don't worry, you'll be on the coach in a minute. And I mean, you can sit at the back and you can probably rip one out there. And it, the coach came and it was really, really small and I had to stand up. 
and I couldn't fart for ages. Um, and then when I finally did fart, it was that loud. I could have sworn that the school heard me from a way away, but I don't think anybody actually heard me. So probably, yeah, the most embarrassing or... Um, no, oh, boom, I tell a lie. I'm going to tell you a really true story now, which is going to make me go red. Uh, I just thought of it then. No, I tell a lie. I did fart in a really awkward place. And I let, let me tell you the story, but, uh, but don't judge me too heavily. So when I was younger, I had an operation on my hip. I had to have like a surgical pin, like a steel pin kind of put in my hip because uh, my hip kind of deteriorated and it was like coming away from the leg. So basically where the top of your leg bone connects to your hip, mine had all came out of place and it was all kind of like a mix match. It wasn't kind of, it wasn't working as it should. So I had to have surgery um, to have a pin put in place to hold my leg in place. Um, so I went through this horrific surgery and I was only, I was only a kid at the time, like borderline teenager. And I, would, I remember it so, so well. There was a really pretty nurse. She was so nice, so kind and caring. Um, and I, I remember just thinking how pretty she was. She had red hair. Really, really pretty face. Um, always loved red hair. And um, she was helping me clean my wound and everything. I was like, I had stitches on my leg. Quite, quite nasty stitches on my right side of my hip. And she was helping me clean them. And it was the first clean I had after the surgery. And I remember her coming in the room and I was bedridden. I was like, leg in the air and it's like kind of like hanging thing and I'd like sit sitting there really concerned about the nurse having to come and clean my leg because I was really worried about the pain of it all um I was completely numb from like the waist down from what I can remember because obviously they give you quite high pain relief to kind of recover from the surgery and I was thinking to myself in my head please don't let it be her please don't let it be her because she's so pretty I'm going to be really embarrassed and I'm sat here with nothing on but like a, a operating gown and she's going to see everything, and it's going to be really embarrassing. Please don't let it be her. And lo and behold, I get a buzz. The nurse is coming to give you a bed bath and help you clean your wounds. And I'm like, okay. And lo and behold, it's the pretty nurse. And I'm thinking, oh, dear. Oh, no, it's the pretty one. And she comes, and she's like, hi, your friend. You all right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Do, do I have to do this? Oh, yes, yeah, you do. You don't want to run the risk of infection. Don't worry. I'll be gentle. I won't I won't disturb you too much. And I'm thinking, oh, this is embarrassing. So anyway, she starts cleaning me down and stuff. Uh, don't worry, nothing terrible happens there. Going back to the conversation a little bit earlier. Um, and what happened is she gently rolled me over onto my side to get the wound and take the patches off and stuff. And she kind of put her hand right near my backside. <laughs> you know what's coming now. I didn't know what was coming because I was numb as, a, numb as a dodo. But she kind of like gently lifted to roll me. And I just let the littlest fart out ever like right literally in the cup of her hand. And I remember there's no way of not, there's no way she didn't know. Luckily, she was wearing gloves. And I just remember looking around her and going, I'm really sorry about that. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's fine, it's fine. And I felt so stupid. So by far, the most embarrassing place I've ever farted was right in the palm of a really pretty nurse's hand. And I felt absolutely stupid. So there we go. That pretty much is it for this week. I've really opened up on some really stupid subjects this week, but I hope you've enjoyed listening nevertheless. Now, if you want to get yourself involved with the podcast and you'd like to be a guest then please consider getting in contact to do so. There's two ways you can do this. You can either contact me over on email, which at the moment is still currently frankiesaquaticsuk at gmail.com. 
just one more time that's frankies aquatics uk at gmail.com um i will be making a new pod uh, a new email just basically for nothing but the podcast but that right now is the email that i'm currently using you can also reach me on instagram as well um at frankies aquatics or at shade 09 and it's an o not a zero um whatever you want to contact me on really come and find me over on there and get in contact too um you can even actually leave me a voice note directly here on the podcast itself which then can be featured on the podcast directly which would be pretty pretty snazzy so if you want to be the first guy in the podcast um asking a question or paying a compliment or giving some feedback or anything of the sort then do consider visiting the podcast over on the anchor player now you can do this either by going to anchor.fm and obviously searching for frankie o'reilly out of water podcast or you can do it the same similar thing but through the app um, from experience the app is probably a little bit easier so be sure to download the anchor app and do it that way um, and that is pretty much it for this week thank you all for jumping out and checking out the podcast i hope i've gave you a few giggles along the way um looking forward to next week's podcast next week's probably going to be the last podcast i'm going to be on my own for a little while because i'm hoping to line up some really special guests in the coming weeks so if you haven't done so already please be sure to hit the like button if there is one on your podcast player also subscribe to the podcast too and i will see you all next week so stay safe stay sound and i'll catch up with you soon so until next time ta-ta for now